1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm here with Max Mallow. And we're going to keep talking about American Horror Story Season 10. We have a whole new episode to talk about. There have been two episodes since our last um, episode. But, of course, we're going to keep in order. So we have Episode 4, which is called Blood Buffet. And a lot of thoughts, I guess. Good yeah. and bad. <laughs>
1: yeah, we talked about it last week, that this episode is a strict flashback, uh, which you know we have some opinions about, considering mm-hmm. that... Now it's been revealed that this first half, Red Tide, will be six episodes long, and then the second half is going to be four episodes long. You know, I don't really agree with that, considering we don't know what the second story is going to be about, and if you're not going to give enough time to flesh out that story, then it might just fall flat and be boring, and, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially... We look back after all ten episodes are done and just be like, well, I wish they didn't do that, and they just gave four more episodes to this one story that they were telling, and it could have been more fleshed out and explained. But that's not to say this is a bad episode. I did enjoy it. It's just, you know, now we only have two episodes to kind of wrap everything up, and there's a lot that needs to be wrapped up because present time, episode three, ended on a big cliffhanger that is sure to be the whole catalyst behind have the the first half of the season wraps up. So yeah, excited to talk about that episode, but of course before we do that, we have to do a hard news roundup where Natalie scoured the internet and didn't find anything, so I had to go looking and it wasn't that hard, Natalie. You just You got lazy. Trying
0: to save us time.
1: Trying to save us time. Okay, fair enough. Well, I went to one spot and one spot only, which is a great website. Bloody disgusting. Uh they had a bunch of headlines. One piece of news that came out I think last week after we finished recording the podcast. I think we were talking about it in our in our group DM. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's that Halloween Kills is actually going to be coming to Peacock the same day as theaters on October 15th, which is super exciting for those who still don't feel comfortable going back into a movie theater yet. And, I mean, this is great. I know Peacock's kind of like an obscure streaming service. Like, I feel like people have it either for sports, The Office, and that's about it. But Mm -hmm. I feel like the number of free trials is going to skyrocket around October 15th.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to see this one in theaters. But if it's good, I'll probably get a free trial for Peacock, watch it again (laughs) the next day, you know, or closer to Halloween. Um, Yeah, but I think it's a really awesome idea. I know people were super excited because, like you said, not everyone wants to go into the theaters. um, So people should accommodate that. And, you know, the big studios are doing so. And this is just makes that clear. So I'm happy for this for this choice.
1: Yeah, and I think it should be a good test as well for Peacock when it comes to same-day releases on streaming services and if there's any benefit to them splashing some cash in that direction. Uh-huh. Um, because I, obviously we all know that HBO Max has been super successful, uh, especially in the horror world. Malignant just came out. Did you mm-hmm. watch it?
0: I did watch it.
1: Initial thoughts before we do like a full review episode later?
0: To be honest, I don't know. I don't know if I liked it or not. I don't know if you've read reviews, but it seems like people either love it or like actually really really hate it. Hmm. Um <clears throat> I'm somewhere in the middle. I can't tell, but it was really really original, which a lot of, you know, James Wan movies are, so I appreciated that. I did not, you know, see what was coming. It wasn't predictable.
1: That's good. Scary? I know your 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 threshold for for horror is very high. No. Not scary. Not scary. <laughs> no. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so of course this is a great option for us to uh, to have Hollywood, uh, Hollywood kills, Halloween kills, <laughs> streaming the same day um, on Peacock, and uh, and yeah, now that is uh, available. And you know, Peacock has The Office, and mm-hmm. so if you if you've missed The Office on Netflix, you can get a free trial, <laughs> watch Halloween Kills, and then get your Office binge in. Um, next up, again coming from Bloody Disgusting, uh, Frank Grillo, uh, who known for a lot of things marvel universe uh more horror related the purge uh he is apparently returning for one more purge movie which you know i'm good on these movies Mm -hmm. forever did you ever speaking of forever did you see the forever purge
0: no i wanted to see it but i'm pretty sure wasn't it just in theaters and then i didn't want to rent it but i'm interested in seeing it i'll see it eventually
1: Yeah, obviously Frank Grillo was in the second one, Anarchy, and the third one, Election Day.
0: Election,
1: yeah. So, election year? Election year.
0: Election year, yeah.
1: But this one, I don't know, the Forever person didn't catch my eye. And the other two, they're not good. Like, the first one's cool. It's a very unique idea. Mm -hmm. And I just have, like, memories of covid living in the city and hearing people like right as lockdown was about to start play the forever, the forever purge or sorry the, the purge alarm I'm noise like, yeah and I'm just like not not my fancy doesn't fancy me but <laughs> um yeah I guess if you're a fan of those movies you know there's a TV show as well there's a, there's a lot of money invested in this universe which probably could be spent elsewhere doing something else but if you're a fan it's exciting news um <laughs> And then the final piece of news, another reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it. I didn't even know this was happening until I went to Play Disgusting and (laughs) and checked up on today's news, but they're apparently doing I Know What You Did Last Summer reboot on Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I love the I Know What You Did Last Summer movies, and I'm not going to go into it with, you know, hopes that it's going to be better than the movies or anything like that, but... I love this story. I also read the book, and I really love it. So I'm on board to try it out. But of course, as we always say, just cautiously optimistic. I don't think it's going to be the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, James Wan is is an executive producer on the project. I don't know if it'll work as an episodic series, which it is. The first four Mm -hmm. episodes are going to come out on October 15th, which is cool because... Mm -hmm. You know, that's a lot of episodes to get you hooked on it right away. You don't have to wait a couple weeks to find out if you really like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then new episodes from there on out will be released every Friday and it concludes um, in a season finale on November 12th. And they're calling it a season finale, not a series finale. So perhaps this is the first Mm -hmm. season and it might get renewed if it does well. But, I don't know. I feel like is it just like a a, a play to like catch on, like maybe like slasher movies getting revived, with obviously like Halloween doing really well. Scream 5 comes out next year,
0: Mm-hmm. and just hitting that like 90s nostalgia, yeah, which like I'm a sucker for, so that's why I'm excited for it. They've got me,
1: that makes sense, yeah. I don't know. Um, Madison Eisman, who is in Annabelle Comes Home, is going to be in it, um, and then if you want to see that the full cast list it's available on bloody disgusting and then they put out a teaser poster which i don't understand because it's all the characters and they all have some honey on their face
0: mm-hmm. i don't remember that being an element in the films um might be rusty with them because i haven't seen them in a while but yeah i'm not sure what that means
1: me either i don't think there was um any honey like references at all so we'll see how it plays out um Interested? I'll watch it. Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Game, I got it. But we have it.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just like
1: I don't know. I feel like Die Hard fans will enjoy it, or it'll be like the Scream MTV series.
0: Yeah, which I'm hoping it's not. Which <laughs> I, like, I enjoy. I,
1: I kind of like the Scream MTV series, but also it kind of didn't. So mm-hmm. yeah. I just I feel like it's like. At this point, I don't want something to be meh. I want it to either be good or bad. Mm-hmm. If it's just like in the middle, I don't have any thoughts about it, Like any like critical thoughts, I'm just like, what the... What was the point of that? <laughs> I
0: don't feel anything. Me, always. Me, always. I'm like, it was fine.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's your weekly hard news roundup. Let us know what you're most excited for. Is it probably going to be Halloween Kills coming to uh, streaming services? Definitely. Because who needs another... I know what you did last summer piece of media and another purge movie not us um well i guess natalie needs to i know, <laughs> I you know what you <laughs> yeah um but all right time to get into our recap of episode four of american horror story double feature red tide what a long name blood um, buffet
0: blood <laughs> the buffet. entire thing yeah they all the names together
1: <laughs> so last week uh, as we mentioned uh blood buffet is a full-on flashback episode Mm-hmm. that gives us a lot of backstory into what's going on in P-Town and how kind of the whole operation got started for the chemist um, the episode was directed by uh, Axel Carolyn, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right Axel uh, mm-hmm. she's Belgian
0: I can't help you there, I'm sorry
1: that's okay, um, she's Belgian <laughs> uh, and the Thing that I noticed is that, again, the the viewership is it's a roller coaster. It's going up mm-hmm. and down, up and down. Uh, it's not kind of maintaining any um, momentum, which is a little upsetting. And maybe that's the mm-hmm. fact that you know the preview for this episode was aired after the last one, which was up from the second one. But you know, you see a trailer and it's like, oh, it's a full-on flashback episode. I'll miss this. I'll catch it when it's on Hulu the next day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did 0.61 million, and it was written by Brad Falchuk, of course. So, yeah, I mean, this episode, like I just said, it's it's meh.
0: See, I really, really like this episode, but in the whole grand scheme of things, like just the principle of it being a flashback episode when we need so much more to go on in the present Is what makes me meh about it. But just as an episode on its own, I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I did too. I think if it was like a if this was like the season opener, yes, I'd be like, cool.
0: Yeah, I would love it because there were so many strong scenes in this episode. But we're already jaded because we're like, we need X, Y, and Z answered, and we need to find out this. Stop giving me this backstory, which doesn't really matter. Um, But. I didn't really like it, so I'm back and forth. Jaded.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel right now. Shout out to Aerosmith, Stephen <laughs> <Steven> Tyler, long-time <laughs> listener of the pod. <laughs> um, but yeah, Blood Buffet, um, as the episode starts out, uh, it's mostly centered around the chemist, um, mm-hmm. who we met in episode three in some sort of vague manner. You know, the character is not really... Uh, described in terms of backstory or anything like that. It's very much um, illusion all the way up until her reveal. And Me. there's not a sense of like, okay, this is like the Walter White Heisenberg of P-Town, you know, running a, uh, a whole drug empire. It's very much like a, I do this, I'm not really interested in all the politics that are going on right now in town. Just, yeah. you know, go ahead and kill this husband, wife, and the daughter, and the agent please and you're like what the hell okay and then I'm just like you're just gonna leave it on that and then you're gonna throw us back however many years (laughs) cool thanks I appreciate that
0: you need all the answers and we're not getting them yet but yeah so like you said this episode is very focused on the chemist we learn a little bit of backstory from her but still not too much um She moves to P-Town, and there's a scene of her, you know, talking to Holden, uh, Dennis O'Hare. She kind of gives this information quickly about, like, she had a bad divorce. She just moved there. Um, And it's revealed that she's there to kind of find people who she can test out her new drug on. Um, So it's, it's backstory, but also not really. Like, I want to know more about the drug.
1: Yeah, it all seems a little too convenient, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, um, I just happen to roll into town, mm-hmm. and she goes to dinner at the one restaurant that everybody goes to dinner at in this town, yeah. and one Macaulay Culkin just happens to <laughs> mosey on up to her and be like, hey.
0: He's uh, there all the time, so right? yeah. I don't put, put it past him.
1: But he seems to kind of be the the catalyst in what gets everything started, which I did not expect <laughs> considering how his character kind of played out in the first couple of episodes. I thought he was more of an outsider in town who, like, wasn't cool enough to get involved or, you know, he was just being taken advantage of by Belle and Austin or something like that in the same way that Karen uh, was Mm -hmm. used in the first episode, which we haven't really gotten back to the fact that she kidnapped a baby.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, you know, it's an American Horror Story. Um, But uh, the chemist ends up using... Mickey as kind of her middleman to mm-hmm. find test subjects for the pills that she was trying out because she worked at a government facility testing things out and she gets some backstory on you know on testing um, I believe it was chimpanzees or something like that and they were becoming aggressive and some were mm-hmm. becoming really really smart. She's basically explaining what the drug does, which we yeah. already know. So I'm like come on get to the point let's let's go i understand
0: yeah and um she does offer it to mickey i also was surprised too i didn't know he was that involved based on the first few episodes i thought he didn't know anything about the pill really and then just took it because he didn't know exactly what would happen but yeah that's not the case uh she explains what the drug does like you said offers it to him and he's like no absolutely not um but he does help her find people um and there happened to be watching a karaoke singer at the restaurant who's i don't think he was that bad but i guess he was he was shit um and they easily just give him the pill and he he takes it apparently
1: yeah he's the uh what do you call patient zero um Mm -hmm. He is the one uh, who the drug is first tested out on, and again, the whole theory of if you have that creative talent gene, whatever in your brain, mm-hmm. the pill will optimize it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and while this is also going on, we get uh, kind of side plots that manifest throughout the episode, which is the background of Belle Noir and Austin Summers, which mm-hmm. is my favorite part about this episode their yeah. backstories are great it's just that I wish the chemist was more pronounced as a character mm-hmm. like this should be I don't know maybe like a kingpin or however you want to like you know that that's how I imagine it especially when they don't reveal who the chemist is I'm like okay cool drug kingpin running yeah. this crazy operation out here and then when we meet the chemist she I mean it also she could be lying she could just be like yeah I'm just in town doing this stuff you know, yeah. Holden is a little suspicious of her at first uh, because she buys a really big house to just be out here in the middle of nowhere <laughs> where nobody's here for, like, a good portion of the year. But, you know, it's just like, yeah, I just want to test this drug. And I'm like, that's your motivation? <laughs> okay. Like, that's fine. But, yeah. you know, I it doesn't do anything to me when it comes to, like, I guess opening up the whole idea of this magical drug that is quote unquote essentially corrupt corrupting the world I guess I don't know how to describe it it's like it's technically like cheating because
0: yeah all oh, yeah. the
1: Hollywood elite or whatever are taking this pill apparently and you know getting by that you know other people don't have access to so yeah it, her story is a little disappointing but uh, Bell Noir's backstory and Austin's backstory are both really, really good.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. They were definitely the best part of this episode. I loved it. The dialogue was so good, and just everything that happened, especially with Belle Noir, I was obsessed with. Um, so basically, we see her um, in P-Town. She's trying to be you know, a successful author. She's writing romance novels, um, and it's a really sad scene where she's, doing a book signing and there's only a couple people there she reads a passage and you can tell i mean she got this gig somehow like people are coming to see her and get her book get the book signed but she's not famous she's not that successful so she's like in the state of like being desperate and wanting you know to be to be more successful which is really really sad and to make matters <laughs> even worse she's in a complete terrible Marriage and her husband is certifiably insane. He is the worst character ever.
1: Yeah, he is introduced in a bad light, and he just keeps on going. And he's a, a total d bag. Um, and I like how at this part of the episode, really, it transitions from the viewpoint of the chemist mm-hmm. to Belle Noir, which I guess is like. I guess the show is trying to say like the chemist is not that important. The chemist exists and mm-hmm. is in is why we're in the situation we're in, but our main like Bel Noir, Austin, Harry, Doris, and Alma, um, yeah, are the ones we should be focusing on here, right? Yeah, because um, and I, like, that's just I wish it wasn't that way because I think Angelica Ross is really good and mm-hmm, I yeah. feel like they could have expanded her character to be, you know a lot more but also yeah. it's only like six episodes so I don't know if if part two sucks I'm going to rip into it and be really <laughs> upset they didn't do ten episodes of this
0: yeah I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens but yeah I do I think Belle and Austin too their scenes in this episode are so powerful just because we know just what like savages they are now and how confident they are and how just ruthless killers they are. But in this, they're far from that. Um, And we really see, you know, the motivations, especially for Belle. Um, After the book signing, she wants to go out to dinner. She wants to see the, the sunset. And her husband's basically like, that's gay. I'm not doing that. And it's like, why are you bringing me here? Like, so unsupportive. And it's so sad. Like, I felt so bad for her. And she basically is like, all right, I'm just going to go. He goes off. So they go their separate ways. And where does she end up? The one and only restaurant that exists in this town. Um, and I, I just loved all of this, her meeting Mickey. I thought it was really, really great. So at least, like, 20 minutes of this episode, I think, is gold.
1: Yeah. Uh You know, piggybacking on what you said about Austin and Bell is that I like their backstory more because we, like you said, we see how strong they are currently, and to see this, it makes sense why their characters are so hesitant to go back to the way things were, and why they're kind of going along with killing, you know, the our main family in present Mm -hmm. day because of what their lives were previously, Um, but yeah, also. You know, we're told pretty early on that Belle is like a romance novelist, um, mm-hmm. and the book <laughs> she's selling is like a romantic story. Like, you know, what do you? Where like Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, like what's that genre?
0: Erotica. Called?
1: Is yeah, okay, but I don't think she's writing erotica.
0: I mean, she's describing sex scenes, so
1: right. okay, maybe
0: it is of.
1: Of, <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's like uh, that scene that you're talking about with the the book signing. Uh, the The book is, like, about, like, George and Martha Washington or something mm-hmm. like that. It's it's a really weird topic, but, you know.
0: I know. It's so funny. Also, I was surprised because everyone was saying, like, she's a good writer, but I it didn't sound good. I thought, like, I wasn't convinced that she would take the pill and become amazing, but what do I know? I'm not a romance reader, so.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that that bit of skepticism is a race because we know bell yeah big big famous anyway
0: oh yeah definitely but
1: we do get a little bit with that karaoke singer which we'll come back to which is fun um mm-hmm. but yeah like you said bell goes to dinner and uh you know who do you meet at that restaurant gotta meet mickey because he's mm-hmm. always there um and they have a little bit of a uh they go on a little bit of a bender <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, she's looking for drugs. She wants coke and he's like, "Well, I don't have any coke, but I have something better." Um at this point I'm convinced that Mickey would be there just because he's working for the chemist now, so he's probably there every night looking for, you know, tourists who want to get high, which is apparently a, a very frequent thing. So he gives her the pill and she's very high. You can tell she's like up all night um writing and it seems like you know very similar to the to the experience that Harry had the first time he took it
1: right and she
0: does they also do what um they do meth i think meth. before that yeah. cuz that's when she's dancing
1: right there's a whole <laughs> dance number with her yeah in the middle of the restaurant by herself just mm-hmm. getting down just straight up boogieing and good for her she's having the time of her life um and if you're curious i guess what old people look like when they're on meth at a restaurant. That's what it looks like. Um, but yeah, Frances Conroy, always amazing in any season of this show. And she goes home, like you said, has that very similar experience and she just blurts out a book onto a laptop, um, which at this point I'm like, okay, like let's go. Something has to happen because we've already seen this. through, yeah. a, through a different characters eyes, um, mm-hmm. but This is where it gets really weird and, uh, you know, things accelerate because her husband comes home Mm -hmm. and he also went out for the night and uh, he apparently, his words, not mine, uh, cheated on her twice, Mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, They had sex on the beach. They fell asleep. And they had sex on the beach again when they woke up <laughs> or
0: something like that.
1: And, and he, like,
0: said he was going to go back and yeah. have sex with her again.
1: Just it was so out of left field that I'm just like, wow, okay, this marriage is really bad. You didn't really tell me it was going to be this bad, but sure. Um, because she hands him the laptop that she wrote the story on. And mm-hmm. he, she's like, I wrote a book. And he's like, yeah, bullshit, you wrote a book And in... You know, 12 hours, whatever. Let me read it. And he looks at the laptop screen for like two seconds and is like, You didn't write this. And I'm like, You didn't even read it.
0: And I know. And
1: she's like, I did write it. And he goes, No, you didn't because it's good. And I'm like, You didn't even read it, dog. I'm like, dude.
0: I know. What words had to have been on the first page that he was like, Those are like smart words. She doesn't use them.
1: <laughs> what light through yonder window breaks? And he's like, Whoa. <laughs>
0: It's like an old English.
1: So, so ridiculous. But, yeah, um, he he says that. He goes through his little sexcapades that he went on
0: mm-hmm. overnight.
1: And then uh, something crazy happens.
0: Yeah, and this is awesome because we know with Harry that this drug makes you really aggressive. He was yelling at Doris for no reason. Um, but this time, of course, Belle has a reason. Her husband, it's a terrible person cheated on her it's probably been building up because as we saw just in every scene he's been in this episode he is extremely extremely mean and cold-hearted so what else should she do she kills him she drains him which i was clapping for because thank god this guy sucks
1: yeah though it does feel like random to me like in a little um it's like a little bit of shock factor. for the, It's like the, the snuff scene from last um. episode, right? It's like, it's just in there to be in there, and her husband is just acting over the top in a huge dickish manner just to justify her first kill and feeding, mm-hmm. which, like, to me, it doesn't come off as... I don't want to say authentic, because it's a fucking fiction story. Yeah. And <laughs> a, a drug that makes you really smart, but, you know, it, it does feel a little out of place... um, for him to just be acting so crazy out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I was wondering that, like, was there something else, like, that they were fighting about? But I kind of just chalked it up to, like, they've been married a long time, and, like, they just have disagreements that, like, (laughs) build up over time, and they both resent each other kind of thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, something something doesn't click, because obviously Belle isn't successful at this point in her life. And her husband has put up with it for however long. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But also, she's doing a book tour. Obviously, it's a self-funded book tour.
0: Yeah, but but she has to be a little successful.
1: But, yeah, but, like, you know, if you're doing self-funded whatever book tour, I don't know, I'm not an author. I've never read a book. I've never gone on a funded or self-funded book tour. But (laughs) the the, the zero to 100 is what bothers me. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it's a satisfying thing anyway because she just breaks off a bottle a piece of glass and just slices his throat which is like the go-to kill I feel yeah like, a lot in american horror story so <laughs> and she uh she feeds
0: yeah i loved it i don't know i agree that it, it seemed a little a little too extreme for him to be acting that way but whatever i bought it I guess, um
1: yeah I, it's not like it's jarring i think is yeah great. yeah I oh yeah that one
0: Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, so that's basically Belle's first kill, like you said, and this is kind of her (laughs) villain origin story, if you will. Joker over here. Um, But we have to talk about the karaoke singer. So let's take our first quick break, and then we'll be right back. Okay, so the karaoke singer, like we said, wasn't that good. He takes the pill, and then there's a scene of him kind of in the bathroom. You know, he's changing and his hair is falling out and i was happy about this because you and i had talked about we really wanted to see a transformation into one of the nosferatu people i wish they had a name i keep re- i was reading articles about just the show and people kept saying like i wish they had a name because i don't know what to call them they're just nosferati i don't know
1: nosferati yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah the again this is awesome this is what we wanted yes. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes, and it's a little predictable, like, you have to imagine yeah. that he's taking the drug, some, he's not gonna have the the good side effects to it, and, well, I say good in quotations, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, he goes back to the chemist's house, mm-hmm. and is like, I need more pills, like, something's going on, uh, and she's like, you signed a waiver! <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, but, she you know she's like i'm he's like i'm freezing i'm not like i'm not myself anymore my hair is falling mm-hmm. out all this stuff is happening and she's like yeah you signed a waiver like you or not a disclosure agreement whatever you whatever you signed mm-hmm. and her answer to him obviously having the chills and not being well is you're in cape cod in the winter yeah get a, get a coat and i'm like wow <laughs> like it's a little heartless
0: I know, I know, that was a lot especially, I felt bad for the guy honestly, he's like, what did you do to me and she's just like, well I got nothing for you, sorry, go buy a coat, Jesus Christ
1: but he goes full bald um, (laughs) kind of completing his transformation Mm -hmm. into Big Nos Um, but we get more Billy Lord in this episode, which is great Billy Lord's awesome, why isn't Billy Lord in the season more? (laughs) I need an answer. She's great. Um, and at this point, she's um, in the episode in two uh, two scenes. Mm-hmm. First is helping the karaoke singer because, again, the chemist told him to get a coat. So yeah. that's what he does. He goes to buy a coat. And why we're getting a coat scene, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense because, you know, you need to transform. Yeah. Into Nosferatu. But um, she's like, yeah, the people here didn't, uh, you know, or I guess this was, they called it like a safe haven um, or where people used to come during, did she mention Stonewall? I can't remember.
0: Um, I don't remember. I know she had like a bunch of designer clothing and she was like, oh no, no one wanted it kind of thing.
1: I can't remember if it's like, I can't remember. I suck. My memory is terrible. No, me too. And <laughs> the, the, I think what I what I'm thinking, if I remember correctly, is either people went to Cape Cod or into Provincetown mm-hmm. as an escape from society, where they could live their lives and, and mm-hmm. not uh, be criticized by society and stuff like that. And that's why some of the clothing is so outlandish and out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because when I say outlandish you're like what do you mean you'll see the coat that he chooses in the middle of the winter is the big vampire yeah. look- looking coat and I'm like dude I don't know was Hollister clothes something or something else? just I don't know like everybody remembers those Hollister jackets that we used to all get during winter yeah. time the big khaki looking ones with fur all yes. over the place like that was what it was in my mind um, <laughs> When he was like, I need to go buy a coat. No, he went to Lark's place, and he got this extremely. I guess it was expensive because she's saying now it's really cheap. People don't wear yeah. this type of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he buys this more or less cloak.
0: Yeah, vampire coat. That's all I can describe it as. Yeah,
1: it's and it's crazy to me, um, but it's really helpful because he fits in on this day because it's Halloween.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I honestly loved it. Him picking out the coat, just him being like so mortified at everything going on. And so being just bizarre, being weird, it kind of just tapped into more of like a animalistic, like vampire thing that they all seem like. So I thought it was so funny that he picked that coat, puts it on. He's like so uncomfortable and (laughs) It's like, what am I doing? Um, I was just laughing at the whole thing, and I loved it. I thought it was really funny.
1: He, yeah, he's uh, Mr. Karaoke is out
0: he's a paid. character.
1: He is definitely a character. Um, but yeah, more, more Billy Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love
1: her. What the hell are we doing? Um, so he gets the coat, and then Belle ends up coming by the store later to also get some fancy clothes. Uh, she, I think, has a better taste in wardrobe because of the clothes that she that she bias instead, mm-hmm. um, but also Bell. I believe it's Bell, right? Um, or does she does it for the karaoke singer too? I can't remember. Um, because Bell picks up on the fact that, or sorry, Lark picks up on the fact that Bell is oh yeah is in the you know the Cool Kids Club with the pill, mm-hmm. and she shows her the teeth that Lark does on the side. Because mm-hmm. you know she explains the pill tattooing and stuff like that, um, but she ends up giving Bell her vampire teeth, more or less, uh, and she chooses a much better wardrobe than Mr. Karaoke Singer, which I just I yes. like. It was just so. <laughs> I don't know if it was just like so obvious and so like dumb that like he was clearly halfway to transforming and he was bald. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I need a coat. And then he's going to buy that coat. You know he's going to buy that coat.
0: It's so funny.
1: <sighs> it is what it is. But um, yeah, it's Halloween at this point because American Horror Story loves to do episodes on Halloween. And yeah, Halloween. Uh, karaoke's fitting in. He's right in, fitting in town because he looks like Nosferatu just walking mm-hmm. around with his coat with his big shoulder Mm -hmm. Shoulders, I guess. Um, And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he starts developing very animalistic tendencies of Mm -hmm. snarling at people and doing the head crack stuff that we saw (laughs) in the first episode. Um, And he ends up uh, chasing down somebody in an alley and just straight up eats them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And just him having... This happens in so many movies where it's halloween it happens in halloween the movie when it's halloween and like you have blood all over you or you have a mask on but you're michael myers and people just buy it because it's halloween which i mean it happens so often but i think it's so fun and i love it so he has blood all over him there's also another scene where he goes to the graveyard um and he kills someone there which i thought was a really good scene too because the woman's like come pray with me and he's like okay and goes over, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I don't know why it's such like a chilling scene because she's praying at a graveyard, you know, as one does, and he's just out there for the for the meat to kill and eat. So I thought that was a good part too.
1: Yeah, I think that that's before he buys the coat, right? Or does he have the coat when he goes there?
0: I think he. I think it's right after he buys the coat, yes. and then from there he goes through town.
1: Right. Yeah. Which. To me, if I'm that lady who's,
0: oh yeah, would not invite him over. Visiting a loved one,
1: whatever she's doing in the graveyard, uh, just sees <laughs> that dude walk on over. I'd be like, "All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay my dues and <laughs> respects to my loved one at another time." And I'm gonna go, <laughs> like a oh, whole like that is just such a red flag seeing oh, that yeah. guy. the way he moseys around uh, especially what we know already of the season but um, yeah at the same time Belle is wandering through P-Town having a nice night out on the town uh, and she ends up going into a drag bar Um, Mm -hmm. and while we're there we find Evan Peters who is Austin Summers and he's dressed in drag and performing at the bar and this is the best part of the episode (laughs)
0: I know, and he's terrible. He goes by the name Patio Furniture, which is like, dude. Patio Furniture. (laughs) You put no effort into that, and you can tell he's bullied by the other people um, in drag there performing with him, and he does not fit in at all, and I love it. He looks great in drag, and he's just wonderful. I I love him. So, yeah, this was a great part. So Belle's kind of, you know, watching, seeing all this happen, um, and then... Once the performance is kind of over, people are leaving. Austin's kind of just sitting there at the piano. Um, and Belle comes over and basically is just, you know, like, what, what's going on? Who are you? Like, what's, what's happening here? And he tells her that he came to P-Town because he was supposed to, like, write a play there. He was working with someone. And he was supposed to write a play with them. And then they just ghosted him. And it turns out, I don't remember who it was, but wasn't it someone that Bell had actually killed?
1: I believe so, yes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so that was crazy.
1: Yeah, it's like on weird circumstances, but, you know, convenient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know if she felt bad or anything like that, but she's like, well, you want to, like, have fun? Here's the pill. And he's like, yeah, screw it. I'm having a terrible night and a terrible experience here. He's probably thinking it's, you know, MDMA or something. So he takes it, and that's how he turns
1: yeah, and he, uh, you know, has his freak out. He ends up playing the piano, ends up playing it very well, uh, and that's the whole big like. He's good. I'm, yeah, I, I could do it. Talented. I just I hate the, the the um sporadic nature of how quickly these pills are just handed out to people. Yeah, there's no like regard of like uh, I don't know if he has it. It's like either have it or you don't. You'll find out, and I guess it's part of it, it's like there's no regard for someone else, and Mm -hmm. if, you know, it does kind of work in a way of someone else who could be a colleague or something in the same field, a competitor, and you give them the drug, and it turns out they're not as good as they thought they were, and next thing you know, you're buying cloaks (laughs) at Billy Lord's shop. But, um, yeah, the the, the whole drag scene in the bar is hilarious. Patio Furniture is an amazing (laughs) name, and it's f- because the other um, the other people that he's there with also have similarly like not names that are just like infinitely better than patio furniture. Yeah, and it's just like and they're
0: snobs about it.
1: Yeah, um, they are definitely bullying poor Austin. But after that happens, Austin takes the pill. Like you said, all good to go. He is uh, now in the in the the club, whatever. But Bell's like, okay, let's get you something to eat takes uh, takes Austin to the house of where all the other performers are staying and they're just mm-hmm. watching TV and I'm like wow this is cold blooded
0: yep I loved it it was so good so they came in and they're like oh what's this guy doing here whatever you know not really questioning it as much as I would be but they're all there and then you know they start and there's the part where they lock the door and I was like oh it's going down and it's a good scene it's pretty quick but it's a good scene
1: yeah um, they all get murdered. And, again, I guess they just needed mm-hmm. to do some more killing or something in the episode. Because what we saw with Harry was that, like, his first reveal, mm-hmm. that he has to drink human blood, freaked him out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Austin is like... Austin, nope. Nope, it's like, cool. I'll eat whoever, whenever. Um, <laughs> Same with Belle. Yeah, but the, the <laughs> one uh, drag queen who was... Um, bullying Austin the most, he ends up breaking out of the uh, the, mm-hmm. um, the apartment, and yes, he yeah. and the drag queen runs away, gets to the forest, and while uh, we all think that this person's going to survive, nope, the those who jumps, and it's like a little jump scare, I guess, <laughs> and and kills the final drag queen, and uh, and that's the end of of, of her, I guess, I. <sighs> I don't know. And that's the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. It ended pretty quickly. I mean, it was the same length as all the other episodes, but it seemed like kind of an abrupt ending. Yeah. It's...
1: I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about this episode. It's somewhere in a... <laughs> it... What did I get the last one? A six? A five
0: and a half? A six? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think you were that harsh. Maybe six. Maybe six. Uh, this... We need to be writing these down. I know. This is like a 5.5. Really?
1: Yeah, it, it as the only reason why it's five point five is because of Bell and Austin's backstory. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if that wasn't in this episode, this might be a, th- a four. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, look, we got the things we wanted—a transformation
0: mm-hmm.
1: of not talented guy into
0: Dracula.
1: yeah, Dracula. <laughs> um, we get backstories on two characters who I don't really think we needed backstories to. I, I,
0: think, in
1: Austin? Yeah, I think they were established enough to the point where it like, mm-hmm. okay, it's like, okay, like just focus solely on the chemist and why we are in the situation that we are in. Mm-hmm. The chemist backstory isn't enough for me. And it's a little too kind of like thrown around. It's just like, I'm in town testing out this drug that I was trying at this big secret government facility. And I don't care if you die when you take it or anything like that. You signed an NDA medical waiver, go buy a coat, whatever. Um, <laughs> This episode gets bonus points for Billy Lord. It gets bonus yeah. points for Bell and Austin's backstory, which it also loses points for. <laughs> so it kind of just like, in the middle. I didn't need
0: this, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um,
0: um, yeah, 5.5. 5. I think I'm going 7.
1: A 7? You're crazy.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. Also, I was laughing so hard because remember how – I think it might have been last week or the week before that. I couldn't remember Uncle Fester's name from the Adams family, and I'm like, they look like Uncle Fester. And in this in this episode, Lark, it's like Uncle Fester vibes or whatever she says, and yeah. I was crying.
1: Yeah, I wish uh, I wish Billy Lord had a more prominent role in this season. Um, yeah,
0: or in just any season, she had a good role in Apocalypse, but also it wasn't that big.
1: Yeah, uh, the. I don't know, I just did, we didn't need this episode, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: No, I I agree with that, but I did enjoy it, so I'm like, eh.
1: Yeah, there are some good parts to it. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's like, you know, you're sitting there, because like, you're like, okay, this is the part of the story that I don't care about, but it's important, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But it's entertaining. It's
1: pretty entertaining. <laughs> Not as entertaining as you thought it was, in my opinion. Yeah. But... <laughs> it's we're not we're not below 5 we're not below <laughs> average yet we're a little above average okay but yeah i don't know the next two episodes gaslight and winter kills are the the final two titles and they're mm-hmm. both directed by john gray and written by brad falchuk and manny Cotto. these be- episodes better deliver
0: i know yeah and we didn't watch the new one that came out this week so we'll see i'm nervous i'm nervous <laughs> I'm a little nervous
1: like if it just falls flat like what is the interest in finishing the season
0: uh, I don't know I'm I'm definitely gonna finish it just because
1: like what did I say to you I said I,
0: I crave the horror
1: yeah I was like I'm gonna I'm done with the American Horror Story this season sucks because this is the season that pulled me back in after being, after missing a couple
0: you should have watched Apocalypse though it's I, better than this one
1: I'm gonna watch Apocalypse but you know because that's Murder House Coven those are all yeah. the ones I really enjoy but, you know, first episode was so good, and then it's gone downhill quickly, which sucks, because it's a cool concept. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know, I feel like if this isn't good, do I, like, even risk watching the second half? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, know Do I a, Risk it all and finish it.
1: I mean, the episode's called "Take Me to Your Leader." That's the f- title of the first <laughs> episode of part two, apparently.
0: Aliens. It's
1: gotta be. Uh, yeah. If you guys saw the the poster for it, of course. But yeah, if I don't know, um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm. They they have a lot to wrap up in two episodes. They have to wrap up Ursula's whole shtick with trying mm-hmm. to start a profit. Em- yeah, Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they have Doris to... is still in the hospital
1: Right, she has to give birth um, I'm sure at some point we're going to get something of her taking the pill and how it might affect her or something like that Alma pro- needs to die Yeah uh, Wait, what? No
0: <laughs> That's just on my wish list
1: Okay, kill the kill the kid on Natalie's wish list um, <laughs> I want like a bit of backstory explaining what happens outside of Provincetown for these people Yeah so that's going to have to be part of it as well, I think. Um, yeah they they need to kill they need to try to kill four people essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming something happens with the chemist. Something has to happen with the chemist.
0: Yeah, definitely. She's too casual with what she's doing. That's literally ruining lives, changing lives, cheating life um so yeah the next episode is definitely going to be very pivotal for both of us just our view of this season so i'm excited to watch it and next week we'll either be really happy or really annoyed so i'm hoping it's the first one
1: yeah and we're also gonna have to fit a review of malignant somewhere in here as well mm-hmm. uh, definitely want to watch it um yeah, here's the deal if part of one, it isn't good. It doesn't wrap up well. We're mm-hmm. going to maybe do a True Blood season review instead. And um, We um, can,
0: yeah, we, I feel like there are a bunch of movies coming out. Malignant, there's also Midnight Mass, there's also Halloween Kills. I know what you did last summer. The Chucky Show, The Day of the Dead Show.
1: There's a lot, a lot of horror.
0: Oh, yeah. So we could probably take a break if if we're not happy
1: with the first part. Yeah, it's a good time to be a horror fan. A lot of yes movies TV shows to enjoy Uh, Chucky and Day of the Dead are both going to be on sci-fi correct Mm -hmm. Um, and of course this Chucky series follows the OG Mm -hmm. and not the Mark Hamill one that people didn't really enjoy Mm -hmm. but yeah you know Red Tide either pull us in or ship us out to sea and drown (laughs) us in there and never bring us back because you know I feel like what's the point of doing these anymore (laughs)
0: yeah that's how i kind of feel um but i'm still gonna keep watching them so i don't know we'll have to watch the new episode soon so then we have time to think about it and of course give our full review unapologetic critiques as we always do definitely for anyone listening let us know if you love this season so far if you hate it Anything that you think, tell us. um, You can tweet at us. My handle is at Natalie's Zamora with two A's at the end. And Max is at Odd Slice. You can also give us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Ask us questions on there. And, yeah, we're optimistic maybe about next week. All right. We're scared. So that's how we're going to leave it today. And hopefully next week we will be happy with what goes on. So thanks for listening.